welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's Monday, it is December 30th, it's 2019, and we have six basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? I mean, could be better, could be worse. It was one heck of a football game. Didn't go the way I wanted it to, but you know what? It was still fun, exciting, and I don't think it's really any worse the Seahawks are playing the Phillies who have, what, four, other fi- four or five of their offensive stars that are normally there? Well, yeah, like, uh, you know, Miles Sanders, like, I would have had a monster day if he didn't get hurt today. Like, it, I, I had so much exposure to him. and So, yeah, hated to see him get hurt. But, yeah, the, the Eagles are dealing with a ton of injuries right now. So, um yeah, it might not be the worst thing, but you know, you always want to buy. Like, <laughs> you always want that first round buy. Well, the buy wasn't any, it wasn't possible anymore. So, oh, okay, well, yeah. Otherwise, I would have been living. There you go. Uh, but we do have some basketball to talk about here on today's slate. Six games, like I said. If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It's fantasydraft.com. They have a $15,000 NBA pick and roll $25 contest. A $4,000 layup, $5 contest um, for today's entry. So make sure you're checking them out. Only rake-free DFS site out there. So if you enjoy playing rake-free DFS, um, definitely give them a look over there at Fantasy Draft. Let's jump into this slate. We start with Miami at Washington. No total on this game. Winslow's out. Bradley Beal is questionable. Bertans, Bryant, Hatch, Marrera. Miles and Wagner are all out. Um, let's start here with Miami, though. What are we looking at? I mean, this is clearly mispricing of both Butler and Bam, even if they were playing for a blowout. Like, 7-8 for Butler is just way too darn cheap going up against Washington with not any of the guys on their current roster. Butler just put up 55 points in the last game. He should crush in this matchup here. I know he's been had a little bit of a slow streak, but a lot of those games, some of them were blowouts. Some of them he didn't get the full run. Some of them he just shot poorly. And he finally had a decent game last game, and it looks like he's on the right track. And now he gets a matchup versus the worst defensive team in all of basketball and one of the fastest, if not the fastest, can't even remember anymore, pace team in the entire NBA. So Butler's in a fantastic spot, and he's clearly underpriced, getting a price decrease constantly for the last two weeks here, where he was 9-4 not too long ago. Now he's sitting here at 7-8. It's just ridiculous pricing. and He's going to be probably the best play on the entire slate besides maybe Bam, who is sitting there at 7,600 going up against a team that no longer has almost any of their starting players of the five. He's going up against Mahimi defense. who's really not going to be able to do too much against him. Bam should absolutely crush in this spot here. I know he's going off a bad game, but consistently he's been fantastic for over a month now. And – I just don't understand this pricing by DraftKings at all. It just doesn't make sense to me. You can go with some of the other ancillary pieces. Like, I don't mind Dragic at his price tag of 5-2. Again, it's a great matchup for him also. Hero, not a bad matchup for him. He's been on a, on the right track recently. He's in there 4-6. Should probably go for 30-plus here. Like, this is where you're looking for most of the guys you want to play. And honestly, I just don't understand how DK priced them so terribly. Yeah, big pace-up spot for Miami. Um, facing the second-fastest team in the NBA, their worst team in defensive efficiency. We talk about this all the time. Washington's the best matchup on in, base, in basketball right now. So, Goran Dragic, obviously, at 5,200. He's one of my favorite value plays on the slate. 
Um, you mentioned Bam Butler. Those guys are phenomenal here. I don't know if I would go um, with, like, you know, Kendrick Nunn or or Tyler Hero here. But I think Tyler Hero is a little bit more interesting just because if this game does turn into an ugly game, he might end up playing a few extra minutes. But the other guy that I want to mention here is Derek Jones Jr. Um, he continues to play really consistent minutes. He's 4,400, gets a matchup with Washington just like the rest of these guys. So don't mind him. On the Washington side, obviously, it's going to depend a lot on Bradley Beal if he's going to play or not. If Bradley Beal's out, um, I, I think we're going to be looking at, you know, Gary Payton. I think we're going to be looking at Troy Brown. Isaiah Thomas came back, played 29 minutes in his return. He's 5,400 here. Um, I know this is not the greatest matchup, but there's just so many people out that, you know, we're ha- we have to look at these Washington guys. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. Um, Payton's probably the guy I'm looking at the least. I think he's probably going to be the guy that – People go to the most after since he three games he's played, especially one without Beal, he's averaged 37 points in each matchup. And you look at the numbers there, he's had six steals in two of the matchups. And the other matchup, he had one steal and two blocks here. I don't think that's really sustainable. Yes, he's getting some other ancillary stats and he's getting some points. He is a decent part of this offense, but he's sitting there at 6,200. Like, I don't hate the play, but I don't love the play. you got to look at everything else. He's only getting a 14% usage in this offense. And so you can't really expect him to get all these all these blocks, all these steals, all these boards. It's not something that's going to continue. I have a whole lot more interest in Isaiah Thomas that you mentioned there. Um, at 5,400, he's going to have to be – if Beal is out, then he's going to have to be the mainstay of this offense. Probably going to launch up 20 shots. He had 33 points in the last game, and he only shot five for 20 from the field. I wouldn't be surprised to see him put up 20 shots, 20 plus shots in this matchup here. Field does end up missing. So he's by far my favorite followed by Troy Brown, not being a terrible piece in this matchup shot over for 18 in the last game without Beal. So 18 shots, probably getting the start, probably going to play high thirties minutes because of all the guys that are out. So Troy Brown's the second piece I'm looking at. And then McRae um, putting up a whole, a lot of shots in this matchup here. Going to get a decent amount of minutes with all the guys out. It's in there, 4,600. So all these guys are very much in play. don't think I'm going with um, Mahimi much, but his price tag isn't terrible. But if Beal's out, all these guys are very much in play. If Beal's in, then it kind of makes things a little bit different because Beal's just going to soak up all the usage on the floor. Um, I don't know if I have too much interest in playing him. He's disappointed quite a bit recently, but – I, like just the sheer volume of shots he's going to have, even in a tough down paced matchup here, like you have to at least consider him. Yeah. So Isaiah Thomas had a 36 and a half percent usage rate the other night. So if Bradley Beal's out, like Isaiah Thomas is a staple play. Uh, let's move on. We got Atlanta at Orlando. No total in this one. Um, Jabari Parker is doubtful. Trey Young is out. Um, Bamba is questionable. Aaron Gordon is questionable, and Aminu and Michael Carter-Williams are out. Let's start here with Atlanta. Obviously, with Trey Young out, there's a lot of usage to go around. Um, and Parker, you know, doubtful. What are we looking at here for the Hawks? I mean, Collins is the guy that immediately stands off the page. Um, been very good in games that haven't been blowouts, and even one of the games that was a blowout since he came back here, averaging close to 50 points a game when he's back in this offense. Without Trey Young in there, he's going to soak up all the usage. He had 39% usage in the last game without Trey. And I should, we should probably see something similar here. He's priced up a bit, which makes it a little tough, but it's go, and it's going up against the Magic, 
which is obviously based on matchup and a very tough defensive matchup, but still just based on who else is on the court here, you have to assume that he's going to end up doing something in this offense. Outside of him, the ancillary pieces are fine, like Herter, Reddish. Both of them are not terrible plays, but I think the guy I'm probably looking at most is going to be Hunter. Without Trey in this offense, he should end up getting low 30s minutes here. Probably going to be around a 20% usage rate with the fact that they just don't have many pieces. He's sitting at 4,500. He's not a terrible pivot off of the Washington guys. But a lot of this kind of depends on the availability of Bradley Beal because if Beal is in, then this definitely opens up these Atlanta guys a whole lot more. Yeah, obviously, you know, John Collins, big usage bump, big fantasy point per minute bump with Trey Young off the floor. Very small sample size this season, but, you know, we saw it last year too. So, um, definitely like Collins the most here. Outside of that, I think Herter is a guy that's, you know, priced up a little bit too much for me here in this spot, 6K. I don't really like that price. Um, I'm with you on Hunter at 4,500. I don't mind Reddish at 4,700, but – you know, honestly, with with you know Herder price so high, it's it just and last game you know really turned into a blowout too. So it's tough to kind of judge where the minutes would have been. You know, you can go look at you know first, second, third quarter minutes, um, and, and you know you would see that Reddish had really solid minutes up until that point. Hunter as well. So um, don't mind those guys. You know, Bembre, thirty seven hundred. I don't think I can go there. I can't, don't think I can go crab just because these guys aren't playing enough minutes. Um, Vince Carter in his last game in Orlando, um, little narrative street, but don't think I can pull the trigger on that either. So um, what's stand out to you for Orlando? I mean, not a ton. I think it's Isaac and I think it's Vooch. Uh, Vooch is just way, way too darn cheap here at 7,900 going up against Atlanta. Obviously, they're not great versus bigs. They're up pace matchup. They're not a good defensive matchup, or they're a great defensive matchup. So Vuce should probably go for around 50-plus in the spot here, and his price is 7-9. Him and Bam are just going to be two staples in my lineup in all likelihood, considering we still have lots of other injuries that are on the board here for the slate. Vuce is a staple in your lineup and absolutely should be. Isaac, on the other hand, 6,500, absolutely has some upside there. Probably more for tournaments, but still, like, a guy that can put up a very, very big game going up against a high-paced team like this. So, it's really, like, based on everything else the slate, maybe things change as injuries get announced tomorrow. But as of right now, those are the only two guys I'm looking at. Yeah, you know, if Aaron Gordon sits, I, I really like Isaac um, and Vooch. I think they're both really strong plays. I think Fournier is priced kind of appropriately here. Don't really see a lot of upside. Um you know, if Gordon sits, I don't mind maybe taking a shot on DJ Augustine. Uh, I think he plays 27 to 30 minutes if Aaron Gordon's out. So, um, I'll throw his name in the hat here at 4,300. Uh, Brooklyn at Minnesota. No total in this one. Kyrie and Levert are still out. On the Minnesota side, Cat and Wiggins are questionable and Layman's still out. Um, let's start here with Brooklyn. What do we like here for the Nets? Um, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie in up pace matchup at a clearly too low price tag. I know he hasn't done great in the last two games, but his usage has still been sitting right around 40% for multiple games here. Shot six or 20 from the field last game, five for 15. The game before that, he's still getting a decent volume of shots and it's just been a bad go of things for him recently. And that's not really what he was showing us before. Prior to that, the eight of the last, what, 10 games, he got 39 plus. 
So even in the last two matches where, matches where he shot terribly, he still put up 35 points at least in both of them. Now he gets a match versus an uptaste team in Memphis or in Minnesota here. They're down a lot of guys. This game still probably projected to be pretty close, even if Cat and Wiggins are out. I don't really expect it to be that high. The line's currently set at 1.5, and maybe they're expecting one of them to play. If one of them does play, it probably gives me a little bit more interest in Dinwiddie because the game's going to stay close. And then all the other pieces in the offense, I'm not terribly interested in unless Cat's out. If Cat's out, then I think Jared Allen probably gets a little bit more run this spot here. Been a little bit up and down recently, but his price texting there at 6-2 offers a decent amount of upside, especially if he's not going up against Cat here. Should get more run just because he's a little bit worse defensively than uh, Jordan here. So it's Dinwiddie for me no matter what, and then it's Allen for me if Cat is out. And that's really it. There's no other guys that are standing off the page. Yeah, Garrett Temple's been cheap on a couple sites. Um, if he's cheap on, like, FanDuel or Yahoo, like, he was almost min-salary. So, um, I don't have the pricing up in front of me on those those sites. So, um, yeah, outside of that, like, Joe Harris, you know, he's a guy that I don't mind playing from time to time, but I don't love this spot. I really like Dinwiddie. Um, this might be a day that I play, like, a bunch of these 7K guys because I, I like a lot of these guys in this price range today instead of, paying up but obviously it's going to depend on if Giannis plays or not there might yeah there might not be a single guy to pay up for right um and then on the other side like the Minnesota side obviously a lot of things are going to depend on Carl Anthony Towns here um still dealing with this knee injury he's questionable you know Wiggins dealing with the you know illness he's questionable um what are we doing here in Minnesota I mean if Cat plays he's in play if Cat doesn't play and Wiggins plays Wiggins is probably a little bit too cheap at 7,300. If both these guys are out, I think you go full system goes on a lot of these other guys. Vonley, after his decent outing last game, still did not get a price increase from – well, he got a price increase from 3K to 3,300. Match against Brooklyn's a good one. And, yes, I know they kind of were weird with his minutes and with Dang's minutes. I still think that they'll probably both end up with around mid-20s. It seems to be what's going to happen, but – like, I don't really want to pay 6400 with Dang if I don't know how many minutes he's going to play. I'm not going to be surprised. I'll wait to see what happens with the lineup coming out, but it could change a few things. If they're both out, then Covington becomes an absolutely fantastic play. He's going to have to eat up a lot of the usage in this lineup. And I know that Teague has not been great lately. He's not been getting a lot of minutes in certain matchups here, but the usage is still decent in the spot. He's going up against a fast-paced team in Brooklyn. He's way too cheap at 5,500 considering his upside. Teague's an incredible play on the slate if both those guys are out, but all this kind of depends on who is going to be playing and who's not going to be playing in this game. And it could be a Napier spot sitting at 4,700. Yeah, I don't mind Napier. It really is going to depend on if Wiggins plays or not. Like, Keelan Martin got some run the other night. He took, like, 15 shots. He was super aggressive. He closed uh, with the starters. So he might be a guy that you kind of have to look at if um, Wiggins doesn't play because he's 3,300. Um, you mentioned Vonley already. He's 3,300 as well. So some really solid potential value here in Minnesota if these guys are out. If they all play, um, I think you could potentially look at Carl Anthony Towns as long as they say there's not going to be a minutes restriction here. So, um, you know, it's a really solid matchup going up against Brooklyn and uh, Gorgie Dang at his price with the minutes kind of being all over the place. Um, I don't love him here, um, but I, I could see him having a big game here going up against this team. So 
I, I don't hate it for large field tournaments, but you know, really, if Wiggins is out, if Carl Anthony Towns is out, Covington, Teague, Martin, those types of guys are all you know kind of interesting to me. Oh, uh, we got the Bucks and the Bulls. Giannis is questionable. Marketing is questionable. Porter is out. Um, let's start here with Milwaukee. Oh, and Bledsoe is probable. Um, what do we like here for the Bucks? I mean, obviously, it all depends on the honest availability. If he's on the board, then there's enough value in play where I could absolutely see using it. I'm a little bit worried of a blowout, but still doesn't matter. Even in a blowout, he can absolutely get it done here. If he's out, it looks like Bledsoe's going to be back. So we know if we run court IQ, both Middleton and Bledsoe average around 46 points per 36 minutes. And so Bledsoe sitting there at 5,700 stands out as an incredible play. I'm a little bit worried about his, um, what's it called, conditioning. He's only been out for two weeks, so I still would expect him to get at least low 30s minutes. And low 30s from Bledsoe without Giannis in the lineup is absolutely going to crush at 5,700. Add in Ilyasova, who, like, maybe his usage goes down a little bit, but playing time still should be there. He's been crushing on a point-per-minute basis recently without Giannis. So we know – even though his, his price tag is getting a little bit up there at 5,600, still can crush this value. It's those two guys for me that are just drastically underpriced if Giannis is out. If Giannis is in, it's pretty much just Giannis for me. Maybe Bledsoe at this price tag, but in all likelihood, just Giannis. Yeah, if Giannis plays, I probably won't even end up with too much exposure to him. Um, Bledsoe, I think he's in play no matter what, under 6K here. Um, like you said, Ilisova, if if – Giannis is out. I think Middleton, his price is probably to the point where I can kind of jump off the ship here. If Giannis um, sits, um, you know, he's still a strong play. It's just the price is just so high. Um, on the Chicago side, if marketing ends up sitting, um, I think Wendell Carter Jr. at 5,800 here um, is really interesting. But Zach Levine is always the guy that I typically play from the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, Carter becomes a little bit interesting. Like, Carter, Sadoransky, done. Like, depending on what injury news ends up coming out, could all be in play. But if any of these guys end up sitting, it just opens up too much value where at 5K to 6,100, it's just not worth playing any of these guys. It's Levine for me, and that's it on Chicago. Unless, again, every single player that's questionable ends up playing. If that happens, then, yeah, look at these guys. But... It's just Levine. I mean, he's going up against Milwaukee. There's a chance this game turns into a blowout. It's not a great matchup defensively. It is a good up-paced matchup, but it doesn't matter. Levine's the only guy that's really offering you enough upside to actually pay things off, considering we have Butler sitting there at 7,800. We have Vucevic playing or sitting there at 7,900. We have Bam sitting at 76. We have so many other guys in the mid-tier and upper mid-tier that it pretty much crosses out everyone on the Bulls. And if Giannis ends up playing, I'm just crossing off this entire game in all likelihood. All right. <clears throat> Moving on, we got Detroit at Utah, 218 total. Utah favored by nine in this game. Blake Griffin is doubtful. Jackson is out. Kennard is out. And Markeith Morris is out on the Utah side of things. Uh, Mike Conley is out. Uh, what do we like here for the Pistons? Not a whole lot. I mean, Drummond without Blake, yes, he gets a decent usage uptick and he can absolutely crush, but it's a tough matchup going up against Utah, tough matchup going up against Gobert. It's not a good pace matchup. I don't know if Drummond's really going to have that great of a game, especially on a slate where there's so much other good options at the center position for much, much cheaper. 
So Drummond's mostly a cross-up for me outside of big field GPPs, where we'll probably go fairly low-owned. He still has a shot at putting up 60, even in a tough matchup going up against Gobert. But realistically, he's not a guy that I'm looking at too much, just purely based on a point-per-dollar basis. The one guy that does kind of stand out a little bit, gives you a little bit of price savings that I don't think you actually need, is going to be Bryce Brown Jr. Again, not a great matchup, but with all the injuries, with all the lack of usage here, he's a guy that could go for 40 in this matchup here. Could end up, if this game stays close, playing high 30s minutes. And just based on how many minutes he's playing, he's a guy that averages about 0.83 fantasy points per minute. He gets a slight tick up with all the guys that are out of here. So Bryce Brown Jr. is really the only guy that I'm looking at on this slate from Detroit. Yeah, the only other guy that I think I would mention here is Christian Wood. Um, He'll probably play mid-20s minutes here with no Griffin, no Morris, no Kennard. It all depends on if he shoots the ball well. You know, he's going to get his rebounds, but if he shoots the ball well, he could easily go for 25 to 30 fantasy points at 3,800. So he's another guy that I'll throw in the mix uh, just because we all like to play Christian Wood anyway. So, yeah. Um, The Utah side of things, like, you know, Mitchell and Gobert are fine. Um, Ingles is priced kind of up. Bogdanovich is kind of priced up, but – I just there's not anybody that's like standing out to me as like going to have amazing games. It's more of just you know looking at these Utah guys and saying these guys are probably safer plays, but I don't think they're ceiling plays. Yeah, I mean Mitchell and Gobert would be two guys that I'm probably just going to cross off if a lot of these injured guys end up not playing. If they do, then they become a little bit more viable, but they don't stand out stand out as great plays. It's not a terrible match going up against Detroit, but it also may end up being a blowout. So. I'm a little bit too worried to play pay for them at 8.4K and 8K when I got guys like Bam and Butler sitting there in the 7K range in a much, much better matchup. So, again, strictly would be an ownership play in big field tournaments. Ingle's the one guy that I would consider regardless. Without Mike Conley, again, he's just been doing tons of work, and he's still sitting there at 6K. Yes, he's priced up a little bit from what we're used to, but he's paying off that price tag in a night-in, night-out basis. The only way I'm using them is probably if I'm bringing it back with Drummond, Bryce Brown, or maybe Wood. Like, this game needs to stay close because his upside is purely based on the fact that he's going to end up playing high 30s minutes. So if this game turns into a blowout, Ingles is not going to end up making value. But if this game stays close, then Ingles should end up putting up a 35 to 40-point game, which is more than enough to pay off a 6.1K price tag. All right, we got Phoenix at Portland to end it off here. 231 total. Portland favored by four in this game. Aiton is out. And then on the Portland side, Collins, Hood, um, Scott Lavassier are out. Mario Zonia is questionable. Um, let's start here with Phoenix. What are we looking at here on the Suns? Absolutely done chasing Baines. Um, guy just stands out on projection models every single time. Plays 30 minutes. You expect him to do something, and then he just doesn't. He ends up with mid-20s points here. It's a decent matchup going against Whiteside. He doesn't play a whole lot of defense, but he's a guy that I'm not going with. It's a high enough pace matchup where I could see going with Kelly Oubre, but with everyone else in the 6K range being much better plays, he's a cross-off. Booker is a fine play, but I think Rubio is the guy that I would much rather go with. Portland, much worse versus the one here. Rubio, a guy that often gets overlooked. He's been putting up 40, 45-point matchups on a semi-consistent basis for the last month here. He has random bad spots where he just doesn't shoot the ball well. But he's a guy that 7,200 offers you probably 
not the most upside Booker does, but Booker's going to draw a lot more ownership after what he did in the last game, putting up 54. Rubio's the much better play, and he's the only guy I'm really looking at too much. Yeah. <clears throat> really, um, I don't mind Rubio. I don't mind Booker at 7,500. Again, like, there's a good chance that I play a bunch of these 7K guys. So, I don't hate playing either one of those guys. Um, I'm with you on Baines. I'm sick of playing him. You know, even like Dario and those guys, I just – I don't really trust these guys. I will say that, like, you know, if Dario gets a minute increase here, he's been dealing with a little bit of injury. If he gets a minutes increase, he could be a guy that has a really good game at 4,400 here. Um, so I don't hate him. On the other side, the Portland side, I think Scalavassier being out is actually kind of under the radar big news here, um, you know, with him being hurt. Yeah, I mean, it probably gives a little bit of up to Kyrgyzstan minutes for Whiteside for Mello. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's that big of a deal. Like, he's not eating up a whole bunch of usage on the floor. It just gives an increase to minutes to other guys. So, I mean, I'm not factoring in a whole lot. Like, this matchup is really just Whiteside, who's too cheap here at 7,100. Like, he has 60-point upside. It's too cheap. Is he as good of a play as Vooch or as Bam? I don't think so, but he's probably going to draw lower ownership because everyone's going to immediately flock to those other plays. And then Lillard sitting here at 8,500. Not a whole lot to pay up for on this slate. Good matchup against Phoenix. Lillard can crush in this spot. I'm not in love with the play. I'm not in love with either of these plays, but those are the two guys that really stand out for me. I mean, who's probably going to – what ancillary think, guys? Sorry, I was go just going to say Whiteside. I think Whiteside crushes in this spot. Like, Whiteside's a guy that has put up at least 40 fantasy points in five of the last six games, and his price went down. Like, Yeah, but, uh, like, that's the thing. In a, in a vacuum, this sounds incredible, but we got Bam in a much better matchup sitting here at 7,600. We got Vooch. Well, and we got Vooch sitting at 7,900 in a matchup versus, uh, gosh, well, I can't remember, uh, against Atlanta, who's beat up a little bit, like, all three of these centers are incredible. This is a perfect fantasy draft slate. Like, absolutely perfect. You play 100% Bam, Whiteside, and Vooch, and you just print money on this slate. Actually, I'm probably I, – I might just throw in a script right now on fantasy draft to lock in my entries and just lock in those three guys. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I like Whiteside's price a lot in this spot. I think he's a guy that could easily crush in this spot, you know, the matchup against Phoenix, they're allowing they're I think they're eighth or ninth in fantasy points allowed per game to center. So I like Whiteside in this spot. You know, with Bam, all these guys, like we have a bunch of centers obviously on this play, uh or on this slate. So um it'll be interesting to see what everybody kind of does, but it is a good good fantasy draft slate because, you know, if Cat doesn't play, you could throw Jared Allen in there, too. And, you know, you have four really strong centers on the slate. So And even Drummond, if we don't have a single spot to – the top four price guys on the slate are all out. The sixth top price guy on the slate is out. So the only person over 9K that's actually for sure playing is Drummond. And we have massive value, likely – if Giannis or Beal end up missing, or both, or Cat or Wiggins, like this is this is a super interesting slate. Where be around on crunch time with me tomorrow, where I tilt changing all my lineups. 
Sounds like fun. Let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, give me your favorite play under 5K to 7X. Uh, so much of it depends on news. Uh, every single one of them entirely depends on who's out. So I'm going to go with the only guy that doesn't, Bryce Brown Jr. All right. I'm going to go with Jordan McRae. Um, yeah. I think he's the guy that can get there even if field plays. Uh, over, let's go over 7,500 to not 5X. Let's, let's widen it a little bit because we don't have a ton of plays over 8K today. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Mitchell. Um, he seems like the obvious guy. All right. We're both still going to use guys over 8K. Oh, I'm going to go Middleton. Yeah. He was the other guy I was thinking about with people don't realize how much blitz was going to have an effect on Middleton in that offense. He's just 8,100. Like, he could easily go for under 5X if he doesn't shoot the ball well in this game. So, that's what I was thinking. Uh, give me your favorite 6X play on the slate. Uh, IT2. All right. I think I'm going to go with Bam. Uh, I think Bam – I think he gets 6X in the spot. So, I'm going to go with Bam. Yeah, let's be honest. There was like 10 different plays we could have gotten with <laughs> in that one. Uh, give me your let's get weird GPV play of the day. Oh, gosh, that one's a tough one because it entirely depends on injuries. Assuming that Towns and Wiggins are out, it's Noah Vonley, which it's not even that weird. Yeah. Mine is going to depend on Wiggins, too. If Wiggins sits, I think Keelan Martin is a guy that earned some minutes, some extra run the other night. So uh, he's my let's get weird GPP play of the day. If Wiggins plays, don't play that guy. Um, it's as simple as that. Game selection question. Give me a game, you know, that you're looking at here on either site, any of the sites that um, stand out to you. Um, I mean, it's – I say it a lot, but it's more applicable today than any other day. It's fantasy draft pick and roll where I can hammer in all these centers because I'm going to have a ch tough ch time only picking two. There you go. Um, let's see. I was looking for one. I'm going to go with the $12 pick and roll over there on DraftKings today. Uh, Pace 26.3% of the field today. Um, mid cash is only at 1.5x, but you know, you're going to, somebody's going to turn $12 into 5k today in that $12 single entry tournament. So really like that tournament over there. Um, you know, top 10s under 30%. It's a really strong tournament paying out 26%. So if you're building a bankroll, it's definitely a tournament to be looking at. Um, it, it's super strong. So uh, we're going to skip the over-under question today just because we only have two lines and, you know, it's kind of pointless at this point. So, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Stay around and pay attention to news tomorrow before lock. I will say Utah's already moved a point. Like it opened at Utah minus nine. It's already Utah minus ten. So there you go. I mean, it's in Utah with all the injuries. That's not terribly surprising. Yeah, it might go a little bit more, though, too. So that's going to wrap it up here for Monday. We'll be back talking some more NBA tomorrow. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. See you, kids.